This episode is brought to you by Challengers Comics and Conversation. Go to challengerscomics.com and start the conversation now. Daniel's Law LLC in Georgia. Visit dlawllc.com. Kerberos Productions. The minds behind the games enter the pit and kaiju a go-go. Search for Kerberos, K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S, on Steam, or go to kerberos-productions.com to check out their growing catalog of titles. I remember seeing any legs, but it definitely had arms because it reached out for me. Arms? I can't wait to get a look at this thing. Alice, I'm going to ask you a couple of standard questions, okay? Have you or any member of your family ever been diagnosed schizophrenic, mentally incompetent? My uncle thought he was St. Jerome. I call that a big yes. Still playing with Toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. Stop great. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Oh, we have fun! Woo! So, uh, yeah, so you're not feeling so well. That's not good. Uh, but you're I'm still- feeling better. The weekend was the tough part. Was this after, this was post-road uh, trip with the Ghostbusters yeah. of DC? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Too much partying. Basically, Too much yeah, that was the weekend before last, and I felt pretty good. And then throughout the week, I slowly got a little bit of a... <coughs> uh, <coughs> and my little guy had been fighting one for a while, so I'm like, here it comes. Oh, no. Sure enough, by the weekend, it was... And then you shamed me. <laughs> I shamed you. Shamed me. <laughs> was, I tried. I was gonna do a Canadian accent, and then I was like, "No, nah, I just I, I can't. I can't do it." <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it no, worked out. I, it worked out okay because you. No, you, it, it did work. But like I said, I you were you were before you were like busy Thanksgiving, life busy, and maybe we'll just one run one from the archives. And I'm like, no, we're not gonna miss a day. <laughs> I will, I will get something push on. done, and then like I like I yeah basically got to Sunday and I was like I think we should go back to your plan and you were like yes <laughs> I will make something at the last minute I'm like that wasn't the plan that was originally the plan well you know yeah the plan was to go back and rerun something or find find an old interview or something to do but it was like Sunday night at six o'clock and I was like you know what I'll just go in there was a little bit of stuff that happened. Yeah, I'll just record for like ten minutes, and then we'll put something in the feed, and you know, it that was, way. It was it was funny listening to you and the few things because I was uh, I covered a few of the same things, and <laughs> and as far as I got, I, I touched on a few things. So it was interesting listening to you like echo me in some places and raise you my eyebrow. What you had. We, I could have cut it in, and we could have like played uh, off. Like, well, that's funny. You should mention that, Chris. I was going to talk. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Say, speaking like you're completely out of context. Wow, funny you should bring that up. Yeah. Yes, well, I just want to go on record that you had an out. You chose otherwise. No, yeah, it, 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 it worked out okay. It ended up being about the same amount of uh, time, too. From deep inside my snuggly blanket for it. Do what you want, Troy. It's on you. <laughs> <laughs> go on. Just leave me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no, that was my first email. Go on, leave me. <laughs> the follow-ups were, if you're going to record something, it's on you, bud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's, you know, it's fine. We're recording now, even though you're still not feeling so hot, but that's okay. You do sound good. So for the, for the purposes of podcasting, everybody's going to hear you and 
They'll be like, Sleep, oh, Chris sounds nor fine. Rain, nor yeah. hail, nor nor frogs. Black Friday or Cyber Monday or Giving Tuesday or Broke Wednesday will stop I, you. I only Black Friday one thing, and it was a Facebook ad that they threw at me, and I couldn't resist. Oh, what was it? What do they call them? Snap Power. Snap Power. I think what it is? One of those yeah. battery packs or something? No. Imagine the the faceplate over your uh, light switch or your plugs. Okay. The wall right. plugs, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. They sell you this thing. Only there's two models. One has a little motion, like a darkness sensor, a light sensor. Okay, all right. And, and little LED lights along the bottom. And they call it snap power, because what it is is you pull your basic one off, like which is held on with a screw. Yeah. But And theirs is exactly the same, except it's got two little prongs. And like if you know how your socket works, the electricity doesn't run right to the, you know, the, the little holes it runs positive negative or whatever it is to the sides and screws into the, the, the thing for both of them. So their little thing puts connectors, snaps right on top of them and, and draws power from your wall socket to power these little lights. So when you go to bed at night and turn off the lights, these little lights, runner lights come on. That was one. The other one has a USB plug built into the bottom. So you Ooh. don't have to put your thing into the jack. Uh, it's that's got its own little... Yeah. Hotels have started doing that. That's nice, too. You're just like, yeah. oh, I need to plug it in. Fantastic. And they had a whole big thing. They were like, get five and we'll give you 50% off. And I was like, you had me a little light. Um, <laughs> you had me at flashing objects. Yeah. Uh, that's, so that was it. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I've done a lot of uh, the Christmas shopping through the Black Friday sales. I've also done a little shopping for myself. But uh, as we speak, there's going to be a Black Friday deal for... Uh, for the, the little the Ecto Mini uh, Ecto One, um, I'm not sure what it's going to cost, but you know I've been holding out on that one, and if it ends up coming in at like ten bucks or whatever, fine, I'll buy it now. It's I uh, I basically had one I was ready for, which was the uh, Best Buy Steelbook for answer the call. Oh, and those were super ne- cheap, right? No, they didn't do it at all up here. Oh, they didn't. Ah, uh, well, you see, they were supposed to be uh, Canadian exclusives, and then now you can't get them at the discounted rate. That's just it's backfiring. It's backfiring totally on you guys. I'm sorry, Ooh. Canada. I'm sorry. Uh, it's still only forty bucks. I can. St- I'll still happily get one. But I was kind of hoping there might be a uh, here's a little deal, and I'm like, I'll take it. Yeah, because I think down here they were like ten bucks each or or something like that for the for at least for Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters two. For one and two, yes, yeah. absolutely, and that was the same up here. So. You may be confused. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, well, maybe not. It's not. But, it's not out of the ordinary for me to be confused. I'm I, always confused. Yeah, you like it's Sunday night. You're like, I, I couldn't. I didn't have to record, but I'm just totally going to record. Yeah, that's confused. That's why I wear Velcro shoes. <laughs> all right, I'm, just, I'm perpetually confused. And little stickers on the inside, so you know which one goes on which foot. Yeah, I need to know which one's left and right. <laughs> it's that weird thing you got to hold up the fingers to see what's the L and what's not an L. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's the V. Big V, little V. Big V, little V. Yeah, exactly. You, you put your toes together, the shoes together. If it's a little V, they're in the right order. If it's a big V, oh, big V. Wrong um, way around, kid. Yeah. Or see, if that's you're why four, I'm confused. You don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's just and roll worse, with it. And worse yet, you're, as a parent, stuck in this limbo of, look what I did, Daddy. Yes, 
good job putting them on by yourself. Yeah. We'll discuss the backers later. You did it, but you did it wrong. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> A for effort. Yeah. A for effort. A for effort. Well, uh, let's. Uh, we got a lot to talk about because we're gonna let's let's do a quick rundown. We've got some news. We're gonna go over a few of the news items that I went over on the uh, the minisode. Uh, and then we're going to talk about Ghostbusters International number 11. Did you get a chance to read it? Are we going to be able to talk about it? I may still be reading it, but I'm not going to admit to it. Uh, all right. Well, we'll, we'll talk no, no, as much as literally, we can about it. It's right in front of me. I'm still reading it. Keep going. Oh, okay. All right. You can read it while we're, <laughs> while we're doing the news. <laughs> all right. Here we go. We'll do the news, and then we'll talk about Ghostbusters International, which means that you've got about 15 minutes. Here we go, Chris. Here's the news. Hey, guys. Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. I improved beam accuracy by adding plasma shields to RF discharge chamber. I have cryo cooler to reduce helium boil off. And da 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 we got a freaking Faraday cage. Chris, I hear I hear rustling of what's what's happening. What are you doing? Um, I bought I bought two. <laughs> okay, small joke. Uh, a friend of mine I mentioned picked up the Ghostbusters two Titan box for me when like he went to the shop uh, earlier in the morning the day they came out. Right, right. So he picked me up one and brought it in for me. And that was very nice. Of him. I then go in later in the day, and I see the box the, the the case open with one box missing. Obviously, the one he bought me. So I buy two more. Uh, yeah, basically I can tell you I'm the only one buying the, these stupid things. <laughs> so did People you buy out not, your store? No. Oh. Peace. But every time I go back, I'm like, one, two, three, four, five. yeah, I'm the only one buying these. <laughs> so I don't know what's up. No, oh, this is a big one. What oh, is this? Man. You realize at, oh. at a certain point, the store is just going to put a sign up that says, Chris only 50% off or buy <laughs> one, get one free. <laughs> I got me a Scolari brother. Yep. Wow. Scolari nice. brother. Wait. So you you have three of the Busters and now a Scolari brother. What what do you have got, in your collection? I got two of the Busters, uh, Yanosh, uh, right. plain Yanosh, and an Ecto. But I'll tell you right now, if you don't have uh, what's his name, Nunzio. Yeah. If yeah. you don't have Nunzio, he's pretty easy to tell. He's the heavy box because he's big. He basically almost fills the entire box. He's huge. They got to come out with his brother. Like that would be a nice, nice match set. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I should have stopped uh, at the Ecto. What we talked about? You wanted to get the uh, the Janosch, um, the baby carriage nanny Janosch. Is that what it's supposed to be? I they, think that's they what it's, he's said. like. Got the French maid uniform on with the top hat, the bowler hat. Uh-huh. All right, who have I got here? <gasps> I got a plain Vigo. Excellent. Nice. I got resting bitch face Vigo. So <laughs> that's the official name, trademark Titan. Yeah, he's not he's not scowling or anything. It's just it's like it's like you're looking across a Starbucks at him and he's just sort of thousand yard stare. Uh, resting Carpathian face, I think is what you're looking for there. <laughs> Anyways. He's so missed his bad. kitten. Oh, that's good. I haven't, so, okay. I haven't doubled up yet. All right, so okay, so you got those two. You'll have to now. This is like a regular thing. You're gonna have to open them up on the air so that we can hear what you get as you get them, because oh, you're sure. gonna go back on Wednesday and you're gonna get a couple more. We know this is gonna happen. Does that mean I can write them off? Maybe I can write them off. Yeah, it's a business expense. Yeah, it's whatever this business is. <laughs> ah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Wink, wink. Shells. Uh, what? Hey. <laughs> Shills. I thought we were past that. I thought we were past that. But hey, Dubai Motion Gate, we'll show for you 
That's right. Because we the can't offer still write off stands. a trip to Dubai, unfortunately. I've looked into it. Um, the, the offer stands for you to fly us there. Fly us and there. And for us to bring word of your wonderful attraction Yes, exactly. North American masses. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to try to bring word to the North American masses without having any word right now, because what happened was they did a soft open for the Ghostbusters right now. I I know what you're saying. You're confused. I'm confused because Chris told me I am. I'm perpetually confused. But yes, the park opened on Halloween, but much like Disneyland, it opened and like none of the rides were open. (laughs) And it was one of those like... Oh, over here will be the Ghostbusters ride, and over here will be the Underworld ride, and over here will be Smurfs World. But just keep walking and make sure to buy something from the gift shop because we're not open yet. Uh, so, <laughs> my one and only, my one and only trip to uh, Disney World. They were opening Toontown. Oh, Toontown no. was open. Nothing else in it was, and but you could was. wander. around. You could walk through it. Yeah, look, that's going to be the Go Coaster, and that's going to be Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. Yeah, no. Don't not. you feel <laughs> special? No. Yay! But so anyway, so uh, so soft openings have happened now for the Ghostbusters ride. There were a few uh, photos that our our good pal Stingray has posted. Um, we yep. still don't know anything. Well, we know a little bit about the ride, but we haven't seen photos of it or of the experience itself. Um, but the exterior, the facade of the hook and ladder number eight looks awesome. Like they've yes. got that little, what's that called? Like a filigree. What's the, the sort of golden um, plaque that's right there on the middle of the arch. That's perfect. It's spot on. Yeah. Let's say yes. Yes. Filigree. It's... That sounded right to me. I don't know why. <laughs> Again, I know what you're talking confused. about. I don't actually know what it's called. It's supposed to be dated, right? They used to put the date of the building. Y- yeah. It's almost like a, co- a commemorative plaque or a commemoration or something i don't know but uh but but looks decorative if you don't get up there nice and close and see it um because americans were like we're going to be an old country someday too like <laughs> europe but we may not have written everything down Mm-mm. so no. let's no. maybe leave the date let's make sure that we date these buildings so that the americans <laughs> in the 1980s don't tear them oh god they tore them down didn't they yeah. Now, just to, to to switch things up, in about 50 years, let's cut this building in half and not tell anybody. <laughs> Which they did to the hook and ladder. If, if you've exactly listened to your cross rip, you know that this is true. Uh, but so, yeah. So anyway, so uh, they it looks like they have costumed characters. I think it's kind of a carryover from the Universal Studios Florida of MO where they've got... You know, the, yep. the four busters out there to take pictures with and to act in character looks looks really, really cool. And then the Sony Pictures, because it's part of a Sony Pictures land or Sony Pictures Studios land, you enter through a gate that looks just like the gate in Culver City. It looks awesome. I really want to know more about the ride. We know that it's it's a dark ride, sort of akin to the Haunted Mansion where you're in a little buggy and it's the Ecto-1, but we don't really know much more past that. So... No. You know, here's hoping. And and the Germany ride now also sounds like it's shaping out to be something similar, if not bigger, because, uh, you know, they're still working on that uh, just completely independently of each other. These are not related to each other, but the Germany ride sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun, too. Yeah, the, we're up to four different attractions, and they're all slightly different. No, five if you count Mexico, because Mexico came through first, right? Yeah, so. Mexico was the first one down, and then we have the haunted house, like the Sunway Lagoon uh, Ghostbusters Live, I believe it's called, or Ghostbusters Experience yeah. Live. Um, and then, of course, the Void, which uh, I think would count as, uh, as an six. experience. So that, yes. that's six. Yeah, so um, everywhere but places close and convenient to you and I, Chris, unfortunately. Um, but <laughs> 
Well, you got to go to New York, though. I did get to go to New York. That was a lot of fun. But it's also on the opposite coast. So it's, you know, it's still a little bit of a trek to get there. You know, we could just throw out a standing invite to any of the nations, to any of the tourism boards of any of these fine countries. (laughs) (laughs) If you'd like to fly, we'll fly coach. I will fly coach to Dubai. Yeah. We'll fly coach. Yeah. Our our passports are in order. I will help serve drinks. Wow. That's a pretty sweet offer, actually. Yeah. I mean, especially I'll considering how volatile people are on airplanes right now, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty bold of you to like, I'll serve drinks. I'll I incapacitate will, unrowdy, <laughs> unruly people. I will I will bartender drunks. I will talk down <laughs> belligerent people trapped in a can. Oh, that's man, that's very feet. kind of you. That's I mean that's, that's right. noble. That's really man. <laughs> and there's nothing in it for you because you're not a shill, right? We're not shills. Uh, not chills. Not chills. And frankly, as much as I, uh, uh, I've seen pictures of Dubai and it fascinates me, it just sounds too hot. So really, you can if you can time it to land me there in the morning, you can take me right there. <laughs> I will see the Ghostbusters thing, and then you can put me right back on just the plane. put me right back you, on a plane. You don't even have to put me up at a hotel. I'm not speaking for you, Troy. I'm, but I'm, I'm down with that. I'm just saying. Let's do the the whirlwind. Let's see how long of a flight is it to Dubai? It's probably like a ten hour flight ish. Would be my guess, right? 10, 10 to twelve, yeah. but that's okay because Netflix is letting you watch stuff offline. Exactly, man. we can download. That's so that you just sit and watch all of Stranger Things from start to finish, and you're there. You're there. Easy. <laughs> we record our backup podcast. <laughs> Strange dudes watch Stranger Things, and then when we're back, all new content. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, I don't know what we do without Stingray because, frankly, he's the only reason I'm, I'm, you know, kept abreast of these things. I, I don't know what this little world. I'm fascinated by this little world of uh, amusement park aficionados. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's like talking about uh, deadheads or, um, you know, uh, the guys who go to like the the Linux twenty eight hundred hacking competitions in <laughs> Las Vegas. Like yeah. I'm fascinated by them and I know they're there and I know they are not a small subculture. Oh, no. I mean, but I have no insight into them whatsoever. Yeah. I think like stingray always links us to websites that like he, this, this particular one was a message board that I think was arcade, uh, not arcade, um, uh, amusement park or something aficionados or something like that. But the, the tagline for the message board was, forget press releases will give you the news or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you're going to get in a press release is 10 steps behind us essentially was the message. Um, Yeah. I tried listening to a couple of their podcasts and it's like, like I said, it literally could not be, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it could not be less for me than if it was a guy at a microphone going beep, 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 <laughs> like I just, I'm like, uh, 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 hmm. okay. English, but sentences not forming. Like I, they're the things that they are into. They have their own language. They have their own glossary. They have their own. So God bless Stingray. What do we do if he yeah. disappears? I don't mm. know, man. Stingray, we love you. Don't, don't leave us. Please don't. You to, can't <laughs> go. The plants will die. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to learn how to. Beep, beep, it's you know that's my life as the perpetually confused guy that's all i hear so i'm (laughs) kind of used to it by now all right you make me feel guilty Ah. enough that we recorded the darn thing don't make me feel guilty for telling you you made me feel guilty okay (laughs)
Knock I'm just it laying off. It, I'm laying it on as thick as humanly possible. <laughs> uh, hey, did you, I think you posted it on Proton Charging, but did you see that Puppetry Journal article that uh, Camilla Henneman wrote? Yes. It and I'm halfway through. It's, yes, well, what and, I read was great. Yeah, I mean, you, you say I'm halfway through as if, you know, it's it's like, oh, it's an, it's an article. No, it's not like one of those web articles that you go to. It's actually a two-page spread that's in Puppetry Journal, which is a, a trade a, magazine. It's a mini essay. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's a mini essay, and it spans all three movies, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, kind of, I mean, she seems like she was integral in Ghostbusters 2, if I'm understanding correctly. She was not involved in the first movie, and she was not involved in the new movie. She was there for the ILM, working yes. with Robin Shelby on all of those shoots. Uh, yeah, which begs the question, then, you've read the whole thing. Yes, yes. Now, in the bit where she touches on answer the call how much does she like does it sound like there's a lot let me because let me let me put it this way uh let, speaking to the uncanny valley um yeah that's slimer i know he mentioned puppetry and like if he talked about puppetry for it and all that i'm not seeing a lot of it yeah it's um well so yeah i mean she does she brings up how rick lazzarini did it but they sort of keep it more towards the origins of slimer because they they mention that um the deleted scene that we had heard about that was in the script where Slimer was a, a gangster that had his legs blown off. And that's like, we saw an origin story for Slimer. Um, but so they, this stuff may have been earlier or I even stand in so. for later CGI or maybe possibly. I don't, I mean, it, it seems to me like what they do nowadays is they build, like if you're going to do a big matte painting that you're going to recreate in CG to create the, you know, the, the environment that you're going to composite people into a lot of times they will actually build a model and they'll scan that. So maybe what they did is they built the puppet and then they scanned the puppet into the CG space so that, you know, the, the animators and, and all of the people that are rigging the model and stuff, they were working from something that was physically sculpted. I'm not, I'm not sure. That's maybe that's one of those things that, again, I, I, I want to get Paul Feig on the podcast because we have all these production questions that are still unanswered, but um, yes, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I, the one thing that was enlightening to me was because she was able to really articulately speak about Ghostbusters 2 and she talked about how the challenge to them was that they had to recreate the first film Slimer and then mold it into the the real Ghostbusters Slimer, which we knew. Um, but then I didn't know that they had um, Ton, uh, Ton, <laughs> Tom Enriquez, Enrique, uh, I'm looking on the rundown. Yeah, Tom Enriquez, uh, his storyboards that he did for Ghostbusters 2, which you've all seen, they're part of the style guide that like it's the bus driver um, illustration that everybody's seen. No. They had to incorporate that into the sculpt of Slimer. So it was this amalgamation of three different Slimers. Uh, so I'm, I'm wondering if the new answer, the call Slimer was something similar. They had to like look at what everybody knows for Slimer of the real Ghostbusters, kind of that cartoonish version, plus the movie version, plus the Ghostbusters 2 version, plus, you know, it seems to me like they had to do the same type of thing, maybe? Yeah, well, it's a good it's a good one that we'll have to ask when we get an opportunity to speak to somebody who might know. Although, I frankly, I think Slimer falls into the same category as uh, vacuum backpack vacuums and everybody goes proton pack like any green blob immediately somebody goes slimer, <laughs> oh, slimer like, I yeah i don't know much how, how much thought you have to put into people got to recognize it is it green is it made of slime they will know it's slimer is it vaguely potato shaped great that's right 
Yeah. Big mouth, potato shape, <laughs> made of jello. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Um, look, at, look, look, look at it this way. They turned it into him into literal jello, like 70s marigold, like bunt cake shaped <laughs> jello for the funedibles figure. And yep. you still knew it was Slimer and could not figure out what the food I part couldn't was. figure out what so, it was supposed to be. Yeah. I didn't know it was a jello mold Slimer. Yeah. So Slimer is a strong brand. So. I don't know. We'll find out one of these days. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd be curious after you read the whole thing because I, 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 admittedly, I did have to uh, skim through a, a good chunk of it because it was like, again, it's it's an essay, so I was trying to read it as fast as I possibly could for us to talk about it, and didn't really give it the attention that it needed. But you know, there's there's probably other little details that we can glean from it that we didn't know previously. Yeah. Well, that one's getting uh, put into the. That's getting a hard copy. Yeah. Into my. My courage journal Fine. for the Get future. Get that uh, puppetry journal, uh, the hard copy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially since I went looking in the the website that theoretically would have the magazine. Every link was at four hundred four not found. Oh, like so, this no. feels a lot like that. Uh, I forget the name of the magazine, but there was one about a decade ago that did a big article on. Um, uh, was it Mobility Magazine or something like that that they covered uh, Garrett in the Extreme Ghostbusters and oh, the fact that they had I didn't know that a, a paraplegic oh yeah oh yeah oh that's cool and but talked yeah. about the development of the character and stuff or what what was it uh, a, a little bit about that but also a little bit about the thought process behind why they decided to put a paraplegic character uh, into the huh. the new cartoon and oh, all this sort of thing. Yeah, it had a, like a one-word, you know, uplifting title, Inclusivity yeah. Magazine. I don't know. I think it was Mobility Magazine. I'll have to go dig it up. Yeah, that's You that's don't new know, me. which means... I, yeah, I've never heard about that one. So If that's, it's new to you, I'll have to see if I can find <laughs> it and share it with everyone. Yeah, um, let's, let's dig into that. Let's find out who wrote it, because we should get them... I know a lot of people, especially after um, the the little guy visited uh, Ghost Corps in his awesome Ectomobile uh, wheelchair. A lot of people were were calling out Garrett and wanting to know more about that character. So, might be might be pretty fitting. Let's let's find that and dig that back All right, out. I'll find it. Yeah. Um, so at any rate, yeah, go go check out this Puppetry Journal article if you guys haven't read it. We'll post it in the uh, the the Crossrip feeds, both on Twitter and Facebook, if you haven't seen it, and it's on the Proton Charging feed if yeah if you haven't already seen it, but. Uh, Let's see what else we have here. Uh, oh, the one thing that happened right after the minisode um, that we that I didn't get to talk about was Violet Ramis Steele is writing a book, which is very exciting, uh, especially if you've read her essay that she wrote about her father. I want to say it was probably around June, July, right around the time that the movie was released. Um, but she's got a book coming out on Father's Day, appropriately, of 2018. Um, as of right now, it's still called Ghostbusters Daughter, which was the name of her uh, song that she wrote with her brother that I'm sure a lot of you have seen, listened to. Um, you know, you got a little dust in your eyes when you listen to it. I'm sure I did. I, I, it's, it was allergies. You know, I got a little choked up and I'm sure it was just, you know, the Santa Ana winds or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be great because Violet is just especially if you've read that article, she's such a heartfelt writer and she has such great insights into what her father did. And, you know, if you imagine growing up a kid and your dad is Egon Spangler and all of your friends are like, Oh my God, your dad is Egon Spangler. Yeah. It's and some bizarre. amazing photos. Yeah. Oh, just great stuff. Like that one that she has, I think it's from the Ghostbusters two set actually. Like it's them standing in the hallway and he's in his Ghostbusters two uniform. 
Yeah. I think it, it's tough to, <laughs> I, it's, it's tough to say because we know that Harold dressed up uh, as Egon for Halloween uh, and would wear his Ghostbusters two uniform in Chicago when he was passing out candy. So it could have been from any other time. <laughs> yeah, basically. On too. But uh, yeah, just great photos. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of, of great anecdotes. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, Chris, we need to talk about your, so we, we touched on it, uh, at the beginning of the episode, but your, your excursion with the Ghostbusters of BC, um, we two, no, three weeks ago now. Oh my God. It's been three episodes ago. Uh, yeah. You mentioned that this was happening, um, and that that people could donate for it, but, uh, tell what, what happened? You guys did a little road trip. You went out and you visited some kids, you drove back. What, what was this excursion? Yeah. Uh, Chilliwack is about, uh, an hour and 20-ish minutes outside of Vancouver proper, uh, which is or about half that distance for a few of us that live in the outlying areas. And uh, how it worked was, I believe that uh, Make-A-Wish reached out to uh, Brendan Mertens, if I understand correctly, of uh, uh, director of Ghost Heads. And he kicked them over to Todd Whalen, who is the um, the pretty, pretty face of the Ghostbusters of British Columbia. And he talked to them a bit, and uh, they said they had a little boy who was a fan. He was in the hospital. Let's see, I believe he's eight now, but for the last couple of years, he's been in and out of hospitals. And it, it was in the hospital the first time that he got introduced to Ghostbusters and really, really got into it. So his uh, wish was to uh, – he wanted a uh, prop from the movie. And uh, Todd, you know, um, got in touch with Sony and or Make-A-Wish was in touch with Sony at the same time. Sony was on board to try and send him something. And Todd said, well, why just take him a prop? Why don't we uh, – you know, why don't some Ghostbusters go with? And – he, he put it out, uh, you know, in the circles and said, Who, "Who's free?" Because this would this was a work day, and almost everybody, with the exception <laughs> of a couple of people who were traveling. So uh, there was eight, nine, wow. us, I think, showed up. Uh, Peter had his ecto, so you know, this is a, a rural. This was the more rural part of a small town in the valley. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's coming up the road and it's a very tiny elementary <laughs> school. We basically obliterated any hope of teachers, you know, <laughs> yeah, keeping kids totally on task stopped for the education day. for the day, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So we showed up, we went, you know, in, in the, the, the gang talked to the class, answered some questions, uh, showed off their gear. Uh, Sony sent a, an amazing box of goodies like, um, uh, they had small posters for the new movie with, uh, I think they released it uh, online, the the activities. Oh, There was a yeah. sheet of activities. Yeah. It was printed big on the back of this poster. And so they had enough for basically every kid in the school. Oh, uh, that's awesome. He, the little boy, Aaron, um, I feel bad for saying this, but Key and Peel has ruined the name Aaron for me for the rest of my life. A <laughs> A Ron. A A Ron. Because every time I read it, A A Ron. Um, <laughs> uh, they sent uh, stickers, patches. Uh, oh boy, what else did they send them? Books, IDW, and uh, Dap Burden Shoning uh, sent uh, like the the big treasury uh, editions, and uh, the the. Piece de resistance was uh, <laughs> the resistance piece was 
uh, I'm, I'm not French Canadian, so I. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, they they sent um, uh, a pair of Holtzman's goggles, complete with a uh, Columbia Pictures uh, authentication oh. certificate. Oh, you're kidding! <laughs> yeah, um, and then just to to round it out, uh, our uh, prop guru uh, David uh, David Lennon, uh had made a scaled down. So I guess. Three quarter size. What's the going size for these? Days? Anyways, it, yeah, about half maybe uh, of foam. He made a foam pack for uh, uh, for Aaron. And the cool part was, is it, it, David was kind of, you know, should I make it fancier? Should I make it not? And he worked very hard to get it together. And he didn't know, like, as a kid, do I want to make it more durable or do mm. I want to make, you know, but do question. I want to lend, lend to the fantasy and make it more, you know. Uh, cool and intricate, and then we found out that Aaron himself uh, had started building himself his own props. Um, you know, he just liked to take uh, bits and bobs and cobble stuff together. So uh, when they we talked to his parents, they figured he was uh, going to basically <laughs> once we were out of sight, was going to be slapping in uh, dollar store laser pointers and all that into it. So we were like, <laughs> done, not a problem. So yeah, he got to he got to wear Holtzman's goggles and strap on a pack of his own, and then they uh, went for a little ride in the. Uh, it was perfect. They got in the ecto. They went for a ride, got down to the end of the block, and stopped at a train crossing. At which point, like any good train would, seeing an ecto one waiting at the thing, blew the horn, which <laughs> every kid thinks is amazing. And then once they got rolling again, the movie was playing at as he put it, quote unquote, the best part because. Uh, Peter has a dashboard a DVD player. It was yeah, it was ah, it was that's fun. So cool. It was very short. I mean, we were there less than an hour, and then we hit the uh, Chilliwack Municipal Airport for uh, pie. Because uh, little known secret, go to the Municipal Airport. They have lots of pie. That I would they, not they, think something like that. Yeah. <laughs> pie. Well, yeah, pie and pie fly. at the airport. Duh. Yeah, yeah. And no, literally, it's yeah, fly and pie. They and they, you know, it's a little. You know, little diner and all that, but what it's known for is the the big wall of, you know, whatever twenty different pies at any. And of course, we're there early, so they were all there. Nothing was out, <laughs> so we all had a nice lunch and of the pie, pie, and then hopped back in the car and returned to our lives as mild mannered reporters. Yeah, and returned to to uh, somewhat normalism. But on the way back, you guys did a live stream on the cross rip for like an hour. I feel like you had a pretty good stream. Like it was, it was pretty consistent. Yeah, we, well, we got pretty bored. I have a a little <laughs> dashboard mount, so I can like use uh, Google Maps and all that without having to you know hold my phone or look down at it. And yeah, I was like, well, we can record with it too. And I think it worked pretty well. Like you could hear everybody. You could even hear uh, Brendan Mertens and a couple of Matt Prov of Across uh, the Streams podcast. They called in and we just held Todd's phone up to the, the my phone and it recorded pretty well. And it was fun. It was just a good way to kill time rather than listening to, you know, staticky radio on the way back into town. <laughs> Yeah, road road trip on Facebook Live. That's that's a new one. It was a lot of fun to watch you guys. I would check back in periodically throughout the workday because I'd be like, oh, I gotta go into a meeting. I'll just open this Safari window and see. Yep, yeah, they're still going. Oh my god, it's like a half hour in. They're still going. Yeah, yeah, and that was live. That was the best part is we didn't just record. We we used Facebook's uh, live thing. Yeah, we were right on the cusp of my uh, uh, data plan clicking over. So I was like, oh. Ah. Burn it. Just use it it all. 
Burn it all. Yeah. My how <laughs> Facebook exciting. Live has come since uh, July of 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just say we didn't drop out or overheat and mess on that one. <laughs> little, little easier. Um, well, hey, speaking of uh, that's that was awesome. I, I haven't seen photos of it. Did you put photos up anywhere, Chris? Uh, I put a couple up. They're a little circumspect about any of the photos because they're filled with either Aaron himself, oh. who they haven't come to a decision on whether we're allowed to show him. That makes sense. Or yeah. his class, which is a basically a whole bunch of kids that we have no real right to publicly. Yeah, post no their releases pictures, or so. anything. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. I mean, it seems, yeah. seems like a good day, and and for the selfish people like me, they just want to see it, you know, it's let's let them have it. And if it's not up on social media, that's okay. Yeah, I do. I do recommend it though. Like it's, I mean, groups like the, uh, the Arizona uh, GBs and all that, you know, do stuff like that all the time. And we've, we've, we've done charity like fundraising and all that, but we've never, uh, you know, done anything quite like that where uh, we get, quite that involved we've talked about maybe doing a hospital visit and stuff like that so a lot of a lot of people in the group are way more excited about that now so yeah once you guys figure out i mean you go out there and and you get to meet the kids and and see how in awe they are of the ectomobile and of the props and of the costumes and just of of you guys's personalities i'm sure it had to be a a lot of fun so um, it was it was pretty darn cool Oh, excellent. Uh, wish, wish I was there. I was there with you guys in spirit, at least on the road trip on the way back. How's, That's right. How's that? Uh, but, um, all right, well let's, uh, let's keep moving on the news. Cause I definitely want to get to, to GBI. Um, we have a couple of ghostbusters answer the call items here. Uh, first up the costume designers guild, they're holding their annual award ceremony and they announced that, uh, ghostbusters, um, costume designer, Jeffrey Curland is going to be honored with a career achievement award. Now, I know what you're saying, like, he just did Ghostbusters. That's all he's done, right? No, 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 guys. This guy, he's worked on at least a dozen Woody Allen films, beginning with Purple Rose of Cairo. Um, and then he worked on Ocean's Eleven, Man on the Moon, Inception, uh, a little movie called Quick Change, which happens to be one of my personal favorites. Uh-huh. Um, but so, yeah, Jeffrey's been in the industry for, for quite some time. And especially in the last like year or two has really just enjoyed a very busy period. So Ghostbusters kind of came on this. He did Tomorrowland and a few movies last year and, and just really has been doing a lot of work, but is also mentoring additional costume designers and stuff. So that that's going to be happening actually, I think this week as you guys listen to this. So, um, very cool that he's getting, uh, an award. Um, you know, Chris, we didn't really get to talk about that Mr. Wavy thing. I mean, I don't know what there is to talk about. That's what's There's funny. Nothing There's to like, talk about. <laughs> it's and and I, I'm sorry if I came out really blasé on the the mini sode last week because I just I I'm still kind of baffled by it. And especially if I went back and I re-listened to it, like, am I missing something? Why is everybody going crazy about this? It because it's the perfect clickbait because he Ivan Reitman basically said more Ghostbusters movies and they just go snip and the perfect headline. But, uh, and to me it's funny because it it comes at the tail end of this guy's interview, which was more sort of like space jam based. It was like space jam 20th anniversary talking about a second space jam. And then he starts throwing in all of these questions at the tail end. And you can hear that Ivan just wants to get off the phone. He's like, I think exactly. He asked about, triplets or something and and ivan just like very short and curtly but still kind of politely was like still scripting it like yeah, oh, he turned, that, that's like the signal it, wrap it up dude i'm trying to get out of here li- listen for granddad reitman and when you hear granddad <laughs> reitman, the interview is over <laughs> yeah 
as soon as as soon as he turns into granddad mode that's a good point you can really start to notice it but so so when he this is his exact quote and i'm gonna say it in my normal voice and then i'll say it as as reitman said it so he said there's going to be many other ghostbusters movies they're just in development right now so let me set this up now. This is how this is how Mr. Wavy asked the question. Uh, so Ghostbusters two, can you uh, you know tell me what's going on with that? Um, there's going to be many other Ghostbusters movies, and they're just in development right now. Yes. Next. <laughs> it was like inflection is everything. <laughs> um, that was basically his his boilerplate PR thing of like, yeah, I'm developing a lot of movies. Let's come on, buddy. What's your last question? So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's getting a lot of attention. I think it was also a short news week because of the, the Thanksgiving holiday and maybe not, not a lot was happening. I, I don't know. It's just, it's funny the stuff that people pick up on. And this was one of those ones that snowballed. It started with this Mr. Wavy podcast. Then I saw it pop up on comicbook.com. Then I saw it pop up on Collider. Then I saw it pop up on slash film. Then it just, everybody was running with it. And then it turned into this like Russian nesting doll of linking back to this one YouTube video of a phoner with Ivan Reitman talking to this guy about space jam. You know, it was just such a weird, a weird thing. I mean, and, and yes, there's a little bit of jealousy in there. I'd love for Ivan Reitman to be on this show in depth. And, um, but you know, he will come on the show when he has something to talk about. And very clearly in that interview, he doesn't have anything that he wants to talk to us about right now. (laughs) So, so anyway, so yeah, you and I didn't really get to talk about that, but I'm glad you're kind of you're kind of in the I'm same the exact boat. Same I am. One. And I just got uh, my eyes are tired from rolling because every day I come in and the Google alert is filled with 18 more sites that should know better reporting the exact same thing. Like it's turned into one of those critical mass. Like uh, I bet you if we're like I love stats, time <laughs> to do stats. I bet you if you like if you just made notes, you could you could tell the threshold at which particular sites decide they need to say something just so they don't look like dorks Mm. for not saying anything at all. That's true because everybody else has picked up on it. They look like they're slacking if they're not interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Or once you, once you get up to like, uh, who was it? Uh, like, uh, comic book resource and stuff like that and you're like guys come on yeah, you guys how long have you been at this game you know better than this well and and i was talking with uh craig the other day about it because he, he he kind of had a laugh with me about it too and i was like dude i it's all the same sites that reported when ghost core was initially founded about a year and a half ago they know that there's more ghostbusters movies being produced or, or in development right now because they reported on the ghost core news. So they know that there is this development company that has been formed at Sony specifically to grow the ghostbusters. This is, this is not news to them, but I guess, you know, nope. uh, I, I mean, and, and somebody did put me in my place. I will acknowledge it. Yes. I know that a lot of the, the blog writers out there get paid because they have to write whatever it is like 50 to a hundred. Like if they're on a commission where they have to write all of these articles per day and I, I get it. They're trying to just put as much up as they yeah. possibly can. But you know, at the same time, it's like, guys, there's, it's, it's a no news item. It's, it's even if it's clickbait, it's, there's still nothing there. So easy clicks, easy clicks. clicks. Um, but Hey, Ivan Reitman was cordial on uh, Canada's smartest person, uh, which was, (laughs) and I need to thank you for sending that to me because it was geo blocked here in the U S. So I I I have to to thank you for letting me know that sometimes we give back what we get. (laughs) No CBC for you. (laughs) 
<laughs> America. CBC is so good, though. It's so brilliant. Um, but yeah, so uh, so Ivan was on Canada's Smartest Person, uh, alluded to it last week. And uh, for those not familiar, it's, it's a sort of quiz game challenge show. Um, where they put all the contestants to these these certain tests, uh, tests and tasks, um, and Ivan showed up to guest judge a certain segment. And for those of you who have not been able to watch it, which is probably a good number of you that are not in Canada, because I tried and I couldn't. I feel like <laughs> we should. Uh, well, let's play the whole thing. Sorry, it's that's uh, fine. No, I mean I haha about ecto cooler and stuff. So this is just comeuppance <laughs> for me. Uh, low um, blow. I know. But uh, but hey, let's let's play this whole clip and then uh, we'll come back. So here's Ivan Reitman on uh, Canada's smartest person. Linguistics and social intelligence and a blockbuster of a challenge called Screen Test. Here's how it works: you must use your social and linguistic smarts to pitch a cinematic masterpiece. You will randomly select a genre main character, and surprise ending for your film. Then, you must improv a plot and persuade our special guest to give your movie a big screen debut. The most convincing 45 second pitch takes the challenge. Now we don't have overpriced popcorn, but we do have the incredible man behind some of Hollywood's most beloved movies, including Meatballs, Animal House, Old School Dave, and Ghostbusters. It is an honor to welcome legendary producer and director Ivan Reitman. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Enough bowing. Let's get into the action. I really feel like there's no better judge for this challenge. Ivan, you've pitched and made some of the biggest movies of our time, but have you ever pitched one in 45 seconds? Never 45 seconds, but in fact, the pitch to Ghostbusters was essentially four to five minutes, and that's really fast. Wow, any last words of advice? How can they use social and linguistic smarts here to impress you? Just use your confidence and go with it. And let me see why you think this will be a great movie. Got it, you three? Frankie, <laughs> you're up first. Maria and Vanessa, you can head back to the concession stand. Hi, guys. All right, head on back there and make your picks. Starting with genre. Horror. Move on over, select your main character. Who's gonna star in your horror film? The Handsome Prince. <laughs> and how's this movie gonna end? It was all a dream. All right, step on up there. You only have 45 seconds to wow Ivan Reitman. Your time starts now. Ivan. The opening titles fade away, and there is our main character, the handsome prince, played by none other than Frankie Chenna. But this prince is a little bit angry. Rapunzel didn't let down her long hair. Snow White didn't give him the apple. Cinderella never lost her slipper. So this prince got angry. This prince wanted vengeance because he was never going to find his true love. So this prince goes on a rampage. He looks for all of the famous princesses of the land and he decides that he is going to control and dominate and torture them, all in the backdrop of a fairy tale. But of course, ladies and gentlemen, when the final screen comes up, you realize it was only just a dream. Time! I must say, 
It Was a Dream is like one of the worst endings you can ever have in a movie. <laughs> but that was not your fault. That was very, very good, Frankie. Thank you so much. Good work. Thank you. Frankie, everybody. Thank you, Ivan. Thank you. Amazing job. All right, the next competitor to step into Ivan's office is Maria. Come on out here, Maria. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, the time has come, Maria. Good luck. Thank Please you. select your genre. Alrighty. What are you hoping to get? I don't want to jinx myself. A musical! <laughs> Who is going to star in your musical? A hockey dad! <laughs> Finally, your surprise ending. <laughs> the sun explodes. Okay. Step on up there, Maria. The floor is yours. Now. Mr. Reitman, we're in a world right now where people need to be inspired. What better way to be inspired than a story about the parents who help their athletic children? The story about a hockey dad. And the style of the film is a musical because singing makes people happy. This is the backstory that many parents don't get to share for their children that go on to the NHL that story about their parents, and especially their fathers, going on, going through all the struggles that he went through. The climax of the film is they're going off. They're going off to the, one of the biggest tournaments, and the father, Roger, has sacrificed so much. They are driving off. They are almost at the rink. The sun is just about to come up. They're just about to go into the rink, and the sun explodes. <laughs> Time! Ah! Oh, my gosh! <laughs> Well, I appreciated your creativity. You gave us a lot of detail about why a great musical is a good thing for the world right now. And I like that. Thank you. Thank you. Maria, everybody. Thank you. Come on out here, Vanessa. Okay. All right. You're in third place now. Yeah. No pressure. But if you don't nail this pitch, you'll not only end your movie career, you could end your night. Okay. So get back there and select your genre. What are you hoping to get? I don't, I'm, I'm flexible. Oh God, why? Okay, science fiction. Oh. <laughs> a double agent. Of course they are, okay. a double agent. And it ends with... <laughs> <laughs> Aliens living among us. Oh, okay. All I can say is good luck and begin. Let me begin by saying that this will be Lindsay Lohan's comeback film. <laughs> so here's how it's going down. So it's like a mean girl scenario, takes place in a small, quiet town in Ontario. Lindsay Lohan's the new girl, much like she was in Mean Girls. However, there are a bunch of psychotic, mean girls, and the whole time they think there's something really weird about these girls. Okay, now these girls, though, there's weird stuff going on. Like, they have weird stuff done to their face, and I'm not just talking about weird plastic surgery or Botox. I'm talking <laughs> about, like, weird little looks in their eyes and, like, weird things they do, and their clothes don't fit quite right. Cut to the very end, okay? okay. Where one day at a singing competition, one of them trips and falls, their skin falls off, and it turns out that they're all aliens! Ivan, 
I loved it. Vanessa, your enthusiasm for telling a story is very infectious. Thank you. And it's a, a very important quality when you pitch or frankly, when you try to get any kind of job in life. It was effective. Congratulations, Vanessa. Congratulations. Thank you, Thank Vanessa. You. All right, let's bring all of our creative geniuses back out here. Come on out. We can all take a collective sigh of relief. All right, this is where the plot thickens. Ivan Reitman, it's time for you to rank our competitors using their social intelligence and their command of the spoken word. So tell us, who gets your two thumbs up and your two thumbs down? I had a great time really listening to all of you. Maria, you have great skills in all sorts of ways, but I thought when the sun exploded, your head kind of exploded. And <laughs> unfortunately, you're number three. Then I had the unenviable job of trying to determine who the winner is between these two really quite remarkable pitches. Frank, you took a really very original approach to the storytelling in kind of cliched movie situation, and you did a really good job. And Vanessa, you really did a very original job with, I thought, kind of a very difficult pitch. But between the two of you, I have to say, Frank, came out number one. Frank, he takes the challenge and the full 10 points. Once again, thank you to the legendary Ivan Reitman. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Fun to be here. Bye-bye. So, yeah, really cool. I like, uh, I like Ivan's pseudo advice there again it's grandfather ivan like well the, the pitch for ghostbusters was five minutes but you guys have 45 seconds make it work you know it's just kind of a little yeah a little deflecting <laughs> pretty funny stuff ivan reitman thanks for coming here the premise is they have to pitch a movie to you in 45 seconds and he uh, can't help himself with going that never happens <laughs> it's like just go with the premise grandpa yeah, exactly. Like you've never been in an elevator before and somebody's like, oh my God, Ivan Reitman. Okay, I've got this idea. Okay, it's Ghostbusters, but yeah. But what I liked is that Ivan, is, well, A, Ivan's uh, putting some time in in Canada, which is always nice because yes. he's ours, damn it. Give him it's back. It's true, it's true. Ugh, you build him some sort well, of he was up there for the Toronto Castle down in LA and think he's going to stay there forever. No, it's I, Toronto is like his domain. Like the Toronto Interna International Film Festival is his domain. I mean, it's it oh, yeah. it takes place at Reitman Square. Like we're not oh. we're not kidding around with how Ivan Reitman is like instilled upon Toronto. Yeah, it was a toss up between him and Cronenberg, and everybody went bit too creepy. <laughs> too creepy. More accessible. Yeah. How, how about Adam Agoyan? Ah, still a bit too creepy. <laughs> just, just, go right, just go with Reitman. Just make it Reitman Square. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue. It makes sense. Uh, uh, and I like I like this uh, PR push, uh, high visibility Ivan Reitman. Yes. I think that bodes well for that more than the Mr. Wavy interview bodes well for the future of Ghostbusters. Yes. yes. Ivan Reitman has decided that uh, he's going to keep the wave going heading into next year's Ecto Force. Yeah, I mean, that was something that uh, was kind of alluded to when we were there for the, the trailer premiere and we got to sit down at the table with Ivan for, it was like five minutes, but it seemed like such a long time. But it, it he's kind of becoming like the godfather of Ghostbusters. And, you know, even <laughs> though like Dan carries the torch, um, like Ivan is the, you know, you have to meet with him on the day of his daughter's wedding in order to make something Ghostbusters happen. <laughs> 
say, I don't mean no disrespect, but <laughs> is there going to be another Space Jam? <laughs> you come here on the day of my daughter's wedding to ask me about Space Jam. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, speaking of which, he talked. Uh, did we talk in the Mr. Wavy segment about what he's doing next? Because he actually did say what he was doing next. Well, no. Yeah, actually, we I, I didn't mention it last let's week. Mash, and... Let's mash them together. Yeah. Because I wanted to talk about it a bit. He's uh, he's back in the saddle, which is awesome. Uh, he's going autobiographical, semi-autobiographical, if I read it correctly. Yeah, he said it was and, a personal um, story. Yeah. And decided to mix it up. He's going musical. Which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, summer of Love is the name of the movie, right? Yep. Um, so, of course, it's about the summer of 1967. Uh, he says it's a personal story. It's going to be a musical. Um, I, I, and, you know, musical could mean a number of things. It could be, like, across the universe. It could be more like La La Land, where it's, you know, more sort of song and dance musical. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that's 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 interesting. It's a different it's a different direction for him. And I think it'll work well, you know, knowing his sensibilities and how he likes to tug at the heartstrings when you watch Dave and draft day. And I think that'll be a good move for him. Um, yeah, well, he, he's, oh boy, his biggest hits to date have been ones where he's kind of drawing on something close to his heart. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. And his, the stuff where he moves further away tends to kind of, uh, uh, you know, it'll find its audience, but you know, it's not quite as mainstream. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, we talked about uh, uh, evolution, right? Which yeah. you know it is fun, but didn't find its crowd, sort of thing. And, and, and so I kind of like the idea that yeah, he's going to go back. And actually, the musical portion I'm excited about, particularly if he is going to keep it uh, semi autobiographical. Uh, yeah, loaded up with the uh, '60s Canadian uh, prog rock. Oh, that's a good that's point. What, yeah. yeah. Early psychedelic leading into prog rock. That's what, that's what you guys need. You guys All need right, to listen that, to some of our stuff. I'm down with Hear that. Hear what I'm saying? I feel like, like if you've seen any mid to late 60s uh, musical or pre-Vietnam <clears throat> films, it's always the same music and always the same sort of tone. But yeah, that might be might be a good departure. Which I would imagine, if it's autobiographical, it makes sense that it would be him, you know, growing up in, in Canada um, you know, uh, yeah, and he was he was at that age, you know, uh, going into the seventies, where it's there's gonna yeah. be a lot to say. There's gonna be a lot for him it, to talk it, about. It would have been a mix. I let's be realistic. It's gonna be a lot of American stuff, but I think there's room for a couple of good Canadian tracks in there. And, yeah, uh, yeah. For you guys, you'll just love because it'll be solid. They're hits. We love them. They sold records. They just didn't, you know, play down there much. And uh, yeah. You guys will be like, where was this all the time? <laughs> It'll Canada, be a revelation. Man. Yeah. Canada, 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 eh? The land of enchantment. Wait, no, that's, <laughs> I think that's New Mexico. Uh, hey, did you want to, did you, did you hear about that uh, Extreme Ghostbusters article? Yeah, oh, do you have it? Yeah, let's I do it. I found it. Oh my, yeah, what, up. hit me with the details. What, uh, tell me more. Uh, there's n- no date that I can find, but this huh. thing was... Ah, well, Extreme Ghostbusters. So it Extreme Ghostbusters was ninety seven when I moved out here to yeah. Vancouver. So this thing would not have been any later than uh, ninety eight. Okay, so, so think about, about that the time of production. Yeah. Oh my God, it's eighteen years old. <laughs> 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 Anyways, oh, no. Uh, and it was Ability Magazine. 
Okay, ability. And Ability Magazine sat down with Bob Higgins. Now, here's the, the interesting part. Bob Higgins was uh, executive producer uh, on uh, – uh, there we are – Godzilla the series and Men in Black the series. Oh, okay. So he's one of the for robot Sony. Uh, Sony guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it, he's not – uh, IMDB does not have him for Extreme Ghostbusters. It's very strange. Huh. Neither his his personal listings nor the Extreme Ghostbusters listing lists them, but he is in the magazine. He's they say he's you know one of the the creators of the new cartoon. And again, creator maybe just kind of you know misuse yeah, of language or by an executive. You know, if he was at like Sony Television <laughs> or something at the time. Yeah, but they they threw him at the the interview, um, and yeah, it's great. They talked about how he. Uh, uh, <laughs> how did you get involved in animation? And his answer was, I wanted to work in television and ended up at creative artists. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you've, have you touched a pencil and doodled anything, sir? Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a short, uh, interview by any stretch of the imagination. And, uh, yeah, they talk a little bit about, um, cause it was at the time they, it was the award from the Los Angeles commission on disabilities for uh the show with uh the the garrett uh character in it and uh yeah i'll put it up on the uh cross rip facebook page for anybody who wants to read it i'll put it on proton charging too because yeah. it's, it's obviously one of those things where it's like time 18 years have passed it's new to most people <laughs> That's uh, oh, hey, a lot right. of stuff that happened about a month ago is still new to me that I miss because you just you blink and you miss a bunch of stuff now. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's so hard to keep up. Uh, but going back to the uh, puppetry magazine uh, uh, article, I was saying it feels I want a copy because it feels much like this article, which is I only found it just because Ability Magazine still chugging along and their old website's still there, but it could disappear in the blink of an eye. And, yeah, you so know, you, you grab it. Yeah, you can't count on uh, the Internet Archives. Unless you go to the Extreme Ghostbusters website, which I believe is still up, um, but yeah, hey, uh, this this is this was never there. So never there. Yeah. Um, all right. Read, well, let's, read it while you can. Yeah, let's let's post that up so everybody can read it, and then maybe we can come back and talk about it uh, in, in weeks to follow here. Um, all right, we're hitting about the hour mark, so let's get into our Ghostbusters International chat. But before we do, I need to correct myself. Um, I I said that the Ghostbusters annual was going to be coming out uh, before the end of this year. I was wrong. Uh, the annual actually comes out in January, and uh, Eric Burnham revealed the cover art by Tim Laddie. Lady, do you know how to say his last name, Chris? Laddie. Laddie. Yeah. Um, but just, just, just sound like you know what it's supposed just, to sound it's like. Tim and Laddie. Go with it. Obviously, it's Tim Laddie. Uh, anyway, sorry, Tim. So yeah, uh, Tim Laddie art, very cool. It's very Dan Shoning inspired. Um, but uh, so that's that's happening in January, not December. Sorry if I got people's hopes up that you were going to be getting an, another uh, comic here within a month's time. But uh, so, yeah, look for that. And if you haven't picked up Ghostbusters International number 11, go no further on this podcast, because after this listener promo, we're going to be talking about the conclusion of Ghostbusters International. <laughs> Hi, this is Colin, and I'm a participant in the biggest interdimensional crossroads since 1909. You are a most fortunate individual. Hi, this is Paul Mata, and I'm a participant in the biggest interdimensional crossroads since 1909. Boy, the superintendent's gonna be pissed. Hi, this is Sam Severs, and I'm a participant in the biggest interdimensional crossroads since 1909. 
Alright, did you did you finish reading, Chris? Are you, I did. Are you done? He's done. Alright, this is great. We can completely talk about it. And again, as I mentioned, spoiler alert, because we're going to be talking about the conclusion of Ghostbusters International. So if you don't want to be spoiled by how everything ends, it's okay. We understand. Just pause the podcast, come back to it after you've read it, or if you've caught up on Ghostbusters International. But it was awesome. It was really, it was a very fitting conclusion. And we know that they were cut a little bit short and they had to sort of cram a lot in and it, it just, it, it all blended together very seamlessly. So uh, let's, let's talk about the conclusion. Chris, how did you feel about uh, how things wrapped up? I mean, you, you, you literally just finished that last page and closed the cover. How are you feeling about the story as a whole? Uh, it was okay. I liked it. Uh, it was a lot happening in a very short period of time. Yes, yes. And and I feel like it's one of those ones that sort of merits, because as you're going through issue 11, they do a few callbacks to characters that I'm like, oh, wait, I know that guy. Where do I know that guy from? And it was, it was one of those where I need to like go back and read it now cover to cover in order to probably get the full cohesive story. I don't know. I mean, there were, I kind of wanted to pick your brain about that and see if you recognize some of these people because... So, a uh, quick summary. Of course, the Ghostbusters have uh, retrieved the Rouskina, and Vinter uh, has been killed very brutal. Neck snapped, and, uh, you know, our, our, our good friend Luftor Thornheisen, uh, Thornsteinsen, Thorn Schuvenfragen. What did I just say? Just. <laughs> <laughs> pronounce it like you think you got it right and roll with it well that that was that was an issue of me not having my glasses on and the rundown is too far away but okay there you uh, go. there's a lot of there's a lot of uh a lot of letters in there but anyway so luftar luftor uh he's he's embodied uh vinter and they're meeting at the central park meeting place to make the exchange for egon uh and then Jenny makes a hard call and she makes the book disappear and they all get banished into hell. Yes, the Ghostbusters go to hell again. Um, and while they're there, uh, the exchange starts to take place and the devil intervenes and the devil kind of looks like Brad Pitt. Like, I think that's what we were going for. Um, it's funny you should say that because to me it read like Jan Michael Vincent. Oh, okay. I'll, yeah, Jan Michael Vincent would make a lot of sense too. It's that sort and of I, like quaffed um, blonde hair, you know, very 80s villain-y kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I really, I don't, uh, we're just going to have to call Dan. Um, I know, we'll bring in but Dan. But when I saw him, I saw him at Redmore like Jan Michael Vincent. And I think, I think though, it's just because uh, sometimes Dan's stuff hits you that way. Uh, yeah. Some stuff is very on the nose as to what he's trying to do. And other times when he's trying to be sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> It, it it hits you and it goes in and you know you're supposed to be registering something and your brain just sort of like ah this uh, one looks vaguely and, familiar to me yeah and and you go Brad Pitt and I go Jan Michael Vincent and we're probably both wrong yeah but <clears throat> it's uh, my, we meet, need Mister Tanaka to drop uh, yes, us exactly. the line and go we, you fools <laughs> I I Michael's going to be sending us the email any minute now so uh, be gentle. I know he likes to he rib can, me. <laughs> he so. can psychically sense. He doesn't even wait for the podcast. He, just, <laughs> he does. You fools! His, his Ghostbuster sense is tingling. But uh, so yeah, so a, a very uh, a very handsome devil uh, appears and ends up banishing Luftor for uh, cheating him, which is very funny. Um, they end up climbing down the demon to the river Styx. That was another funny scene. 
Um, but that's that's where I started getting a little confused. So they meet, I think it's the fairy queen. Is that from Italy? That's where I was like, who is this? I know I'm supposed to know her. Yeah, that's the thing I was trying to, it's, uh, boy. It's one of the situations where the uh, the collected volumes comes in handy. Yeah. <laughs> flip, 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 flip. Well, and flip. Peter has very obviously made a deal with her, and there is a line of dialogue that says, "Peter, I've told you never make deals with fairies." And I, that's yes, that was the one in Ireland, and it was um, uh, 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 Walter Peck, the family friend, the one oh, who's been young for right. since his great grandparents were were young. Okay, that's right. She wanted to pass and Peter ends up uh foolishly getting himself involved in the the middle of a fairy deal and then yes. So that that's probably her. Okay. All right. So so she ends up being in a different level of the underworld here and they come across her after sort of falling through this purgatory antechamber or whatever it may be. You know, it's the the great white uh, and so, but something very shocking here happens and I think it's going to turn the tides for whatever may be coming in January and beyond for the Ghostbusters IDW series, because Jenny, uh, she decides to make a quick decision and she shoots the book and disintegrates the book so that nobody can have access to this book. And of course, Peter, um, has made his deal with her. So she's forced to return them back to central park, but in the process of zapping the book and disintegrating the book, the fairy queen uh, zaps Jenny and Jenny does not return from the underworld. So now we have a ghost apparition Jenny that's sort of wandering through this, this, this new storyline. And I like this a lot. I mean, it's, they make a joke because Ray now has a type. He loves the apparition, the, the cute uh, blonde apparitions. Uh, but I think this is, it's almost like what Slimer could have been. They'd now have, like a, a frighteners confidant who is on the ghost side is in the ghost world and can sort of give them that perspective because she's, she's now around the firehouse and she's there working with them as we see at the end of the, the magazine. So yeah, I, I like well, that a lot. I do like it. I don't know that I'm going to call her a ghost right away. Cause I think this is starting to wander into the realm of, uh, the Ghostbusters dimensional science kind mm. of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the whole idea that she's in hell gets zapped by magic and she's now a completely uh, f- full body apparition sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know where their heads, uh, Dan's and Eric's headspace is, but when I read comic books like this, when somebody goes through an experience like that, I'm kind of like, you are one experiment away from being back in the world of the living. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, or, or as like a cross-dimensional being, which would be a lot of, of fun too. You know, she yeah. could now cross over to the real Ghostbusters universe. She could cross over to the answer the call universe. She could be that constant that sort of intertwines throughout all of the universes, which would be kind of cool too. What, yeah. What I like is that she actually may then, she, she actually is going to require them to present to us the rules of, you know, spirit creatures. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If and it's all been kind of higgledy piggledy in Ghostbusters up till now. Uh, they're, they're like dimensions and creatures. How come some look like weird dogs and others are grandmas? Like, look over there. Yeah. Um, we're <laughs> we're no now, that. yeah, we're now starting to head and slowly but surely we've seen pieces of that, like, you know, uh, astral projection and stuff like that. Now, now we they can't dance around it anymore. There's no real way to hide it. They are going to have to start 
you know, it's like making a vampire movie. What are the rules? Yeah. You know, make a zombie movie. What are the rules? Well, you've just made a ghost movie, you know, for lack of a better term. What are the rules? So, yes. Yeah. And that, I mean, I guess if Egon was banished to the same place, why did he not then appear as a spectral entity of some sort uh, that could then talk to them? That's the other thing that I'm curious about. Well, because he was transported there entirely, just like they were all transported there entirely. Mm, okay, she so was, they're, they're she there was destroyed in there. Yeah, so Body they go back in their entirety. Got it. She was de- or sh- her, uh, yeah. Well, her body was destroyed. But what does that mean in hell? Because hell holds souls. So you just they just zap the body. Soul remains. They all go back. She's just her, you know, spirit form. Like I said, you and I are now starting to ask the question, Eric. Dan, <laughs> come on. I know. Um, these are the questions that Eric is now frantically like drawing out on paper to be like okay now how am i gonna i'm gonna move this over to there and then i'm gonna answer this here and then i'm gonna answer that question i don't think it's terribly hard to be honest like i I don't think they're that far removed from it that but they're gonna have to set some ground rules otherwise she just turns into i can do anything yeah yeah that's never helps a book uh i but you know it's a very good reason to you know to sit here uh anxiously awaiting january 11th when we can pick up the annual because yes. just like last year's the annual the annual seemed to form a bridge between um runs yeah and so what, to speak what what is coming up which we still don't know we know that there's going to be announcements probably after the first of the year would be my guess uh once that annual hits shelves then we'll know what's going to be coming out but uh, uh you say that but remember we've got the three-month lead time in oh, right. previews magazine so but the january and- would then be a solicit for like mm, april eh, i guess that's you know that's a bit of a ways into the year if yeah, you want to april like, mm. what are you going to do? Do a year run and then put the next year's annual out in March? Like, well, but the December, there. if the December previews comes out, there might be a solicitation for something January, February, March. Then you, exactly. There we go. Now all you right. have got it. Like, so now, let's, all right, we might be crossed. known more. Yeah. Um, that yeah was so, so one one other thing that I really loved about this issue, Chris, uh, hashtag where's Winston? Uh, Winston disappears <laughs> as he's very prone to do. Yes. Uh, but this time it is explained so perfectly and so explicitly, and it's like, oh yeah, I, that makes a lot of sense. The the Ghostbusters get banished into hell, and and Winston, who has such a strong faith and his heart is pure, and we we know this about him. There's no possible way for this being to exist in hell, which I thought was great. That's right. If you dig Jesus' style, there's no no coming into hell. No coming into hell. But but then it also sets up so many great jokes like Janine saying, well, wait, what about us? Like, we're all not deserving of that? Mm, well. Let's not, ar- let's not argue in hell. <laughs> yeah. Very good moment. I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, so this is now the th- third time. Let's see. There was the other side. Then Peter... Peter got killed and was possessed by the the gangsters, and I believe he was in sort of like a hell purgatory. So I think this is the third time that the Ghostbusters have now visited hell in IDW, right? Yeah, I think we're starting to head into the comic book lands of there's a lot of different hells depending right. on where yeah. you're landing. Hence, for example, the you know the Fairy Queen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, did they land in hell or do they just call it hell and it's all these weird extra dimensional spaces and she just happens to, you know, occupy part right, of it? Right. So 
And actually, it goes back to a conversation we had a few weeks ago about the concept art for the original movie, the portal to hell. Well, it's Gozer's universe, dimension. You know, we don't. It's not necessarily hell. It may look hellish. uh, Yeah, and they name drop Dante a couple of times, right? uh, And the river sticks. Yeah, a huge nod to say that. Yeah. it's the greater hell area, but what borough are we in? You know what I mean? <laughs> the greater hell area. Is it accessible off of the A train? I don't <laughs> That's not right. entirely sure. Are we are we in downtown hell or are we just hell adjacent? <laughs> like Is there a Shake Shack? That's all I need to know. <laughs> That's right. I'm asking for a friend. Uh <laughs> So let's see, what else was, was notable in this issue? The positively charged uh, slime being used in Hell, I thought was a good touch. Uh, uh, yes, basically it's uh, holy water napalm. Yeah, exactly, uh, which they will never eat chili again because of the result of what happens to demons in, in Hell, or Hell That's right. adjacent, as we may uh, want to call it. Holy water burns, when you think about it. It's just really happy thought water. Uh Except it towels off or evaporates. But yeah, you got uh, yourself some mood slime. That goop just sticks around and burns. Yeah, uh, yeah that was pretty cool. It's like uh, frozen orange juice and gasoline. <laughs> Read your and, anarchist cookbook, kids. Well, and you know, knowing that Dan was uh, on the show not too long ago talking about wanting to do a, a horror comic uh, seeing all of the macabre stuff that he did in this issue, like the demons and the devil and um, all of the sort of backgrounds that have all of the craggy rock faces and volcanoes and all that stuff. It was cool to see that side of Dan. I mean, Dan's got a dark side. Like we knew it was there. <laughs> we knew it's always the quiet ones. It's always um, the quiet ones. Yeah. And that, you know, again, may, may factor into whatever this big announcement is in January with where things are headed. Yeah. Well, where, where do you think things could head, Chris? That's the question here because we now have all the multiple teams. We've established the international, um, now here's, here's my biggest question. Venter, did he finish the purchase of the Ghostbusters? He did, right? Uh, he bought he bought the the rights from Peck, and then Peck made the deal that you know uh, he he got his his share and his say, and Peacock still got sort of oversight. But I'm pretty sure Vinter finished the deal in purchasing the Ghostbusters, so now the benefactor of the Ghostbusters is dead. Yeah, but the corporation is not. Um, so is, oh, so, so then is Kaya now in charge? Oh, that would be interesting if Kaya was now in charge of the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Exactly. Somebody who is, you know, two steps removed from the weird magic, but it knows that it's there. Also not trustworthy. Um, That's the other kind of eyebrow raising. Like if they, again, if they continue this storyline, this is actually a lot of great fodder for additional stories. Yeah. Although the thing is too, is, um, she was, a, you know, kind of his right hand, but that doesn't mean she automatically fills his space now that I he's guess gone. That's true. So yeah, uh, it's sort of but 80s again, movie yeah. logic that the assistant takes over the corporate. It's, it's OCP. You know, once the CEO of OCP goes down, the assistant raises up and yeah, <laughs> there's room for jokes there though, where, uh, now that the guy who bought them, cause he wanted them to solve this mystical riddle for his ageless magician master is gone. The, the board of uh, the, the 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 board of the corporation doesn't want the Ghostbusters and starts selling them off. So at some point, you know, maybe the Ghostbusters are held by 
oh, I don't know, Coca-Cola Corporation. And then then Sony purchases them. Sony purchases them. And yeah. Suddenly um, they have third-party ads on their jumpsuits. So that would be a lot of fun to see. Like they've got NASCAR jumpsuits because Sony wants them to have all this product placement for like the new uh, XBR TV and the Sony Vio. And And they can complain (laughs) for the the one issue that the Ecto now has to have a uh, scrolling LED uh, bar advertising stuff on it <laughs> oh god that would be really funny that's a good that's a, again a good direction telling you troy and i can write this stuff just give eric needs a break yeah eric poor poor eric yeah. poor eric let's just put that out there the rumor have you seen eric lately on twitter he looks a little run down i you know i he needs a break he needs a good guy, vacation that guy could use a break dan needs to keep working but uh <laughs> <laughs> No, Boy, no rest for somebody, poor Dan. Somebody could just somebody, or even a couple of somebody's could just come along, uh, and maybe on a twelve-hour flight to Dubai, hash out a couple of specs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there we go. He could we'll take ride a break. An entire arc. It's no problem, guys. We, we <laughs> it's one flight. We can totally do this. Listen, in the last uh, twenty minutes, we've come up with at least your first six issues. I know, right? <laughs> At this rate, we're going to go see a ride, come back with a whole new podcast, and have uh, plotted an arc for IDW. Yeah, and then uh, and then and then Dan and Eric can't use any of it because uh, all of it is unsolicited. And I know that they both listen to the <laughs> podcast, and they don't. Guys, we hereby release and relinquish any rights to anything that we've said to you. If you want to use it, it's okay. I'm yeah, saying it on the record, and it's totally fine. Um, I will we, have we... my entertainment lawyer send you the paperwork. Don't worry about it. I think we're just supposed to say Creative Commons three times fast, and it's coming. <laughs> creative Commons, Creative Commons, Creative Commons. There you or go. If I post this on my Facebook, I own copyright to everything <laughs> that I've ever done on Facebook. <laughs> anyway, it's a different story. But uh, Creative yeah. Commons with attribution. <laughs> Fair use. Fair use. Fair, fair use with attribution. Just say fair use a lot, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we've derailed, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so so good good fitting conclusion to the, the Ghostbusters International. I Again, I'm with you, Chris. I want to sit and reread this cover to cover, hopefully in a big mass hysteria, uh, total containment type volume, because I, I feel like it's deserving of the large format, and I also feel like it's going to benefit from you know, non-stop binge reading, uh, where you can catch all of those little threads and all of the things that they've planted uh, and and just kind of it's tough when it's broken up between the month releases and then there was the one uh, where we didn't get one for two months and so you kind of even though they're doing their best to keep the steam rolling it just it, it loses a little bit of that steam so it'll, it'll be fun to go back and reread it again yeah. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. Do. And Twitter accounts. Print is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for... The Ghostbusters. Interdimensional crossword. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray.
Hey, you're you're holding up pretty well, man, for being sick. Yeah, well, this is good. like I said, the tail end. I All right, it's it's fine. It is it is about it's that fine. time where we're gonna start doing podcasts, and one of us is apologizing for like. I'm really sorry that I have a cold right now. I'm on vacation. <laughs> it just that it happens. Um, I don't know what it was. I think it might have been the move. The move shifted my schedule where I got sufficiently run down a month and a half earlier than I normally would. Usually by the end of the year, my body it, it stutters across the finish line into the, the Christmas break, and then it falls apart. And for part of Christmas, I'm like, I'm sick. And then, you know, Aww. and then into the new year, I'm recording. <laughs> but this time, yeah, I really ran myself early. into the ground early. Yeah. It'll be gone by Christmas break, and it's going to be sugar cookies and eggnog for like two weeks. It'll be yeah. awesome. You'll be raging. You'll be Christmas raging. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's what that's what comes to mind with Christmas. Right, extreme, extreme rage. Your life might just depend on it. <laughs> um, but uh, okay, so and and, and the, the Scrooge reference does bring up. We are we're gonna as soon as Chris and I scheduling has been a beast. I'm sorry, guys, and that's why you didn't get a full cyclotron uh, for Ghostbusters International number eleven. Or for the last, or. like, six to eight issues, because <laughs> scheduling has just been so difficult lately. Um, but, uh... We got to issue three and gave up. And we, yeah, we gave up. Roundtables are hard, guys. They're just really hard. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're gonna be, we're gonna be doing our commentaries. Uh, I think I may have tipped our hand a little bit on one of the commentaries that we're gonna be doing just then. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, fun, fun stuff coming down the pike. Um, Chris, you, it's been, let's see, last week was the mini-sode, the week before that was the Herald episode. It's now been three weeks since yep. I've put you on the spot and given you a final thought, what's what's on your mind, man? What's what's going through the what's going through the Stuart noggin? Uh, basically, Bill Murray singing Christmas tunes on a loop. <laughs> oh, have you watched Murray Christmas? Very Murray Christmas. It's still there. I uh, in that time got the upstairs mostly organized. That in, uh, included putting our new TV up on the wall, and uh, we we cut we cut cable years ago. Right. Um, and kept the net, uh, but to keep our uh, keep our television hand in television, I needed some sort of uh, uh, I needed something a bit more uh, pick and choose, and cable doesn't give me that. So I went with Apple TV, um, and part of the Apple TV is I can put the Netflix app on there, and uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> big screen TV and uh, very Murray Christmas and. As of this recording, we're now what three hours away from when I can legally uh, start talking about Christmas. So, <laughs> I, I understand. I mean, we started the day after Thanksgiving, but uh, you know, but I want to make sure that we have a full month of Christmas and, and holiday in our house. So, I uh, yeah, I don't know about the full month. I need in previous years, and this is why I kind of kind of excited about the colds getting out of the way and all that. Um. Uh, it's almost it's the previous years things have been going right up to the last second and it's almost like you start to get your your christmas game face on just as the holidays ending and that uh, i haven't enjoyed. yeah <laughs> but this year i've got the time i've got the bandwidth uh looks like i'll have the energy uh, my uh dulcet to- tones and occasional uh hacking cough aside um and i got a four-year-old like i'm really primed 
to have a maximum Christmas this year. Yeah. I got a little guy that understands the concept of Santa now, and <laughs> we're still trying to teach him some things. I was like, he, we got a, an addition set for him, uh, and it used, he's fascinated by money, monies. So we got a, a play set that comes with fake money and has little cards. You know, I'm five of these, and I make a quarter. What is? When am I? A nickel. Like it helps. Uh, I don't know, they got to learn or stuff, whatever. But he comes Eventually. down with the, the play money, and he's like, I want you to give these monies to people. And I'm like, who? And he's like, uh, Aunt Liz. And like, he's naming all these people. And I was like, that's very nice of you. Did you did you want to buy presents for them? He's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's Christmas. That's what we normally do. Don't you want to go buy presents? I want to buy me presents. I'm like, okay, we need to have mm. a little yeah, small okay. conversation. Give small them conver- money, buy me presents. <laughs> Like I'm like okay, so that's really my only final thought. I guess I'm I'm in a an interesting space uh, uh, personally. Um, yeah, a new house lot. too. You're gonna do this is the first Christmas in a new house. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I know people are really bad nothing 2016, but personally, I'm having a ball with it. Um, uh, and then I don't. It hasn't been nailed down, but. Part of the road trip, uh, my house got volunteered for the Ghostbusters of British Columbia uh, Christmas uh, shindig, um, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure means it'll have to happen in the uh, the, the basement den here. And it's not ready, so in a couple of weeks, Ooh. I gotta at least get some basics up yeah, here. You gotta get cracking. Um, at least get the gaming table up and a mini fridge oh, for the beer. Oh, and- the gaming oh. tables, all good. All and, right, there you uh, go. I got a. It's a garage adjacent, which is running at uh, the outside temperature of about seven degrees celsius these days so that's good for beer cooling yeah um, that's your world's largest refrigerator right there you're good yeah i mean if i can slap up the uh the old tv and uh, the xbox there uh i think we're laughing i think we can nice uh, yeah all right we'll record so, yeah. a miller time when you get when they're all over but, but make sure that they're all <laughs> like drunk history drunk before you guys do the miller time that way it's oh even God. more entertaining. Uh, I think that's a good one. Get drunk, steal from drunk history. Get the Ghostbusters of British Columbia drunk, and then make them explain beat by beat the plot to Ghostbusters. Yeah, have them retell Ghostbusters. That would be a lot of oh, fun. Oh boy, that'd be good. Um, we should right, totally well, do that. Yeah, do that. That's that's what I want to hear on the next Miller time with the Ghostbusters of BC. <laughs> drunk, drunk Ghostbusters. Uh, hey, uh, one small thing uh, as another final thought. Uh, John Yukaba, uh, the handsomest ghost dead alive. This is Todd true. This is Todd true. Whalen doesn't want to hear this, but let's just be honest. <laughs> John, John is uh, John puts us all to shame. Been usurped. Really. Yeah. Oh, God, those cheekbones. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> funny part is i don't even know if he has cheekbones he's <laughs> his face has like a, a point points of identification in my brain but uh i don't even know if he has cheekbones. he probably has cheekbones right i mean I, technically everybody has cheekbones but, yeah yeah uh anyways he's a uh, works in animation and he's an artist in his own right and i noticed he posted there um that he's taking uh like 15 dollar commissions for for caricature character sketches yeah and that's for i Christmas. mean for a commission that's awesome that's a great christmas yeah. gift for like a really affordable price yeah i mean you're not getting like a super ink or anything like that but it's uh yeah if you ever if you ever want it yourself in uh, if you ever imagined yourself in idw's ghostbusters comic book um yeah, yeah he'll, he'll doodle you up as a ghostbuster pretty good there i think he's he's really i mean he drew you and i into when he was doing his inktober 
uh, on Instagram, he's doing all of his like Inktober sketches, and yeah. you and I appeared on like the board of directors at one point. I'm like, oh, that's really cool, and what? you could tell it was you and I. When yeah. was this? Oh, it was like end of October, maybe like October 30th, 29th. I can't remember the date that he posted it, but yeah, you're there. You've got your beard and your hat on, and uh, it's this, or yeah. I forgot. You got it. You got to check it out. It's on. It's I'll on Instagram. But uh, so yeah. So hit hit uh, John Yurkaba up. It's uh, Johnny Yurkaba, which is uh, on on the Twitter. It's J O H N Y U R C A B A, and then four, the number four. Uh, hit hit him up. But yeah, um, dude, you, you and I got drawn. We got the Yurkaba touch. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. Okay, I got to check that out now. Yeah, you got to do it. If for no other reason to find out whether I forgot it or I just never saw it. Yeah. Um, those things are those things are important as you get older. I'll, I'm gonna I'll text it to you as soon as we get off the air here. It's it's pretty <laughs> awesome. It's pretty cool. And I mean the yes have some guys have been the main characters, so it's cool to see them like run into a room and then we're all standing there. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's very funny. But uh, anyway, so yeah, hit up hit up uh, John for those commissions, especially for Christmas. That's a great gift. And yeah, uh, you, you got a you got a ghost happy uh, kid or something like that. Like that that seems like the kind of unique gift. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got a niece or a nephew or a little guy or girl that's totally. just kind of living a, the dream. A frame caricature of themselves as a Ghostbuster. As a Ghostbuster, awesome. right? Yeah. Do it. Yeah, you got to yeah. do it. Um, he's only right. he's only going to spend all the money on Ghostbuster stuff, but, you know, that's his call. <laughs> that's What he does with the 15 bucks is up to him. It's going to be on Ghostbuster stuff. He's not okay. going to be spending it on Ghostbusters 2 Titans because apparently nobody is. But just me. you. Just you. At least at your comic <laughs> shop. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, one one last plug for myself, guys. Um, I am s- suddenly obsessed. I want to see the Bill Murray, um, Dan Aykroyd, uh, Zach Galligan, Nothing Lasts Forever. It's the Tom Schiller film that came out in 1984 that has been buried. So if anybody knows what I'm talking about, please hit me up on Twitter. I'm just putting that out there anywhere and everywhere. I want to watch this movie. So uh, that's, that's my quick final thought here as we bring things to a close. Nothing Lasts Forever, 1984. If you have it, hit me up on Twitter. All right. Until next week, everybody, this this was a full episode. It was Troy and Chris in their full glory for one hour and 22 minutes, as we usually do. No and robots or impersonators. No, but that you know of. It could be like Westworld. We could both be robots. You don't know. And we're not going to tell you until next week, and we'll see you on the other side. Who you going to call? We Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. Hey, this could be one of my two favorite shows. You're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. Anything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to know this. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. Next week, though, Hairless Pets. Weird. Are you a robot? You have to tell, legally, you have to tell me if you're a robot, Chris. Yeah, just like um, you have to tell people if you're a cop. <laughs> Are you a cop? You got to tell me. Have you ever heard that one? <laughs> yeah. Legally, you have to tell me if you you're a cop. Me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. No, I'm not a cop. Why don't they use that on Westworld then? Like, if are you a robot? Legally, you have to tell me that you're a robot. <laughs>